Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. It's Never. Monday. That's right. Monday. It's Monday. And that is Dr. Andy. That is Dr. <laughs> Andy. And we have got a packed show for you today because we say friends don't let friends feed kibble for many, many reasons. But even more that we're going to talk about today, because Dr. Andy, what we know is that there again are some recalls from some veterinarian uh, prescription diets. And guess yeah. who is is making those? Shall yeah, we? The, shall we guess? <laughs> shall we guess? I mean, everybody's been hearing lately about all of the chickens that won't lay eggs because Perina, uh huh, Perina. Is putting something in their food. Yes. And now- Sean, my husband has friends. They do a lot of chickens just for the fun of it. She switched to goat feed and they started laying. Boom. What? She, yeah. She did her own research about whatever's going on with the Purina chicken feed. I don't know any more than that. But she switched to goat feed and they started laying eggs. Isn't that crazy? Insane. You got to wonder what the heck is in chicken feed that would cause them to stop laying eggs. Like, I don't know. Is that like birth control maybe? And why? Like, what is the bigger deal here? And I don't have enough time in my life to research chicken feed, but um, yeah. So I do know that little tidbit about it. That's it. Well, I will tell you that the newest, uh, you know, among many that we hear throughout the, throughout our years, but pro plan by Perina. Pro plan mm-hmm. veterinary diets, which I know a lot of uh, uh, show dogs, they mm-hmm. they they push mm-hmm. this like crazy. They're like, now we feed burrito pro plan. It's so That's good. because the breeders get free food. Okay, well, free death <laughs> to your dog here, folks. Mm-hmm. But that's why people. Perina recall, recalls pro-plan veterinary dog food due to vitamin D issues. Now, here's the question, you know. If it was really being formulated, Dr. Andy, by people who understand and understood nutrition, do you think that we would have an excess issue of vitamin D? No. And don't they have this all programmed into their machines that do all this? Like, how does this even happen? I don't know. Maybe especially, somebody- especially if it's a prescription food. Dump those prescription foods. This is this is what um, they have listed here on this information. It says vitamin D is an essential nutrient for dogs. However, ingestion of elevated levels can cause can lead to health issues depending on the level of vitamin D and the length of exposure. 
Vitamin D toxicity may include vomiting, loss of appetite, increased thirst, increased urination, and excessive drooling due to renal kidney dysfunction. One thing they didn't put on here is death. But uh, the thing is, is that this is a this is a synthetic form of vitamin D, folks. Yes. This is why yes. we don't put anything in food. This is why we are yes. not AAFCO certified because we don't want this crap. The sphincter mm-hmm. food going out yeah. to this our- is not your dog laid out in the sun vitamin d this is synthetic vitamin d that is fat soluble so it gets in there it does not move your animal cannot pee it out and if it's in excess form and it's being broken down inappropriately by the body and there vitamin d functions like a hormone in the body and it has many 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 different forms and that's why it can impact the body this dramatically well here here is and that, let me just read this doctor and let me ask you, does this sound uh, sincere to you? This is their apology. We apologize to pet owners and veterinarians for any concerns or inconvenience this situation has caused. As pet experts and pet owners ourselves, the health and well-being of pets is our top priority. Yeah. They should put in there, sorry, this happened again. (laughs) Right. And again. And we just, we're uh, sorry we keep killing your animals. These damn formulators. Uh-huh. So, and uh, and and then again, you know how they cause so much confusion and problems and how many bags of food they sold because they were saying that cardiomyopathy, right? Grain-free dog food was causing cardiomyopathy. And uh, what did you send me this morning, Dr. Andy? You sent me this FDA to end updates on dilated cardiomyopathy. Why? Because there's not enough evidence. There's not Uh, enough evidence. This was put out by the American Veterinary Medical Association, the AVMA. I did a happy dance. Because you knew this. I knew this. We've We've never seen it. And I remember recently a client went to the veterinary cardiologist for an EKG, needed to check out the heart. And there was literally four or five sentences about what was found diagnostically and two pages of how grain-free diet contributed to this and what she should feed and how she was doing everything wrong. And I'm like, they should be embarrassed by this. Embarrassed. That is not what's going on here. Now we have had an uptick in heart issues in dogs. And I don't know why I have my thoughts and opinions. um, But that is not it. And that is coming from a board certified veterinary cardiologist. And now the AVM, AVMA, American, I don't know, whatever those stand for. And the FDA are saying it is not, there's no correlation. Right, because it falls right in line with that four-step program. The last step in the four-step program that Dr. Connor Brady outlined is deny, deny, deny until you can no longer deny. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by that and time, no you've made a butt load, a sphincter load of moolah, a sphincter load of moolah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I tell you what else they're making a sphincter load of moolah on. So in other uh, pet food news. Let me just read this one to you. Um, they have Smucker is deciding to sell off 
Nutrish, Nine Lives, and other brands, other brands that you're probably familiar with, other crappy brands, right? But they're selling off uh, Kibbles and Bits, Nature's Recipe, Gravy Train brands, as well as the Smucker's private label pet food business. The sale of this brand is valued at approximately $1.2 billion. Wow. Mm-hmm. In here, it says this divestiture, di- divesture, <laughs> sorry, supports <laughs> our strategy to prioritize investments and resources in the areas of our business that offer the strongest growth and profit potential in our pet business. This is reflected, get this, in our focus on dog snacks and cat food anchored by our milk bone and meow mix brands. That was said by Mark Smucker. Are you kidding me? You're anchoring your business, your billion-dollar business, on crappy milk bones and meow mix brands. It tells you, yes, and it tells you how many people buy milk bones, right? Holy moly! So my sister-in-law, she she texted me. uh, She said her new her 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 boss. They have a lab. Okay, this lab should weigh sixty-five. It weighs one hundred. It also it also has diabetes. Mm-hmm. But here was the question. Here was the question that was posed. Give me your top five reasons why kibble is not good. That's I'm what like, she asked you? Yeah, your top five reasons. Oh. I'm like. <laughs> you need I, five reasons? I'm like, can we just look at your dog? I'm thinking that this is bad, right? The longevity of this oh. dog is not good, right? Oh. A hundred oh. pound lab. I think that looks more like a little pig. Not yeah. good. Not good. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we've got to wake up, peeps. We've got to wake up the peeps around you. I think you can do that. Get you a sweatshirt. Get you a raw dog food sweatshirt that says, friends, don't let friends feed kibble. I was wearing it in the gym the other day. And a lady said, uh, can I ask you about, you know, ask you about this. So it's good. You know, people ask questions mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, again, a lot of people, they think that raw is, you know, the commercial stuff. So we're very different. But um, you know, another thing that I found out, Dr. Andy, so someone was uh, asking us questions about uh, the pricing uh, in regards to Darwin's. Okay. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. said, well, number one, let's be very clear. Darwin's is an HPP food. Mm -hmm. It has lots of synthetics. Okay. Now it is being promoted by Dr. Faulkner out there. So really? I'm, oh, it is. I oh, yeah, I'm shocked by that. I was sad by that, but I think yeah. that, that sometimes he has it, a lot of good other information. So that's right. Well, and I've that's I've, disappointing. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him do that with. Uh, actually, I had a conversation with him one time where I asked why he was promoting a blend that didn't have any organs in it, and he got really snappy with me and got mad and uh, would not come on my podcast. So anyway, um, you know, I think that sometimes people, uh, you know, they get paid to promote these, and I guess mm-hmm. they they look now. Um, I will say, Dr. Andy, have you have you ever been paid by me to promote anything? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Sorry. I would be <laughs> like, 
As far as I know, you pay me for chiropractic. I pay you for dog food. That's right. That's the way it should be. And um, what we do, I, right? So I keep it. I keep it transparent. As same way with Dr. Jasek and Neely and everybody else. So, um, yeah. But anyway, all right. I want to ask you about this situation, Dr. Andy, um, from one of our listeners, somebody who wrote in. Her dog, and I and I did talk about this on the podcast with uh, Dr. Jasek as well, but I want to get your take on this because um, you are doing uh, body work, okay? And this is from Aaron. Again, this is about the myofascial um, skin, I guess, uh, painful, you know, skin. You and I were talking about it before the podcast. She has had five surgeries to remove some mast cell tumors. And now this dog has um, extremely uh, uh, painful body, painful body, painful skin, neck ache, back ache, that sort of thing. What are, your, what are your thoughts about what is going on with this dog and what might be able to be done, if anything? Well, yeah, if anything, at this point, I mean, and it kind of gets very blurry, right? Myofascial um, muscle fascia. All right. And so we have a layer of fascia. We have it too over the muscles. And if that gets tightened down, that gets scarred, that becomes an issue. It does. It gets very tight. It gets very painful. Okay. Um, I think it's a whatever and wherever she got that term is kind of a junk diagnosis. And we're mixed in with five surgeries, which is trauma, which is resulting in scar tissue. So do we have scar tissue that is now intertwined with this fascia and it's just tightening down and we need to loosen up the scar tissue? Do we need to loosen up the fascia, which is all possible with body work? especially let's think about pugs. They have these rolls of skin, right? Generally, most of them, sometimes it's because they're fat. Sometimes it's actually just their design, right? And there are dogs that will come in and I try to lift up that skin, a pug, golden retriever, a poodle, you know, every dog has a different amount of this loose skin, right? And it's looser when they're younger and tighter when it gets older. That's the fascia tightening down. And I will send parents home with homework to work on that and do skin rolling and try to lift it up. I've had dogs when I went to go move their fascia, their skin come around and try and bite me because that's what hurts. Mm. And I do my adjustment because we're going to impact that nervous system. We need the nervous system on board. We need that all talking to each other properly and correctly. And then we're also going to work on this fascia. Um, If she was just told by so-and-so that this is what's going on, but never really given any tools or did any body work. Who knows if we can get the dog back? I don't know. I don't know how long this has been going on. And then scar tissue, excuse my French, can be a bitch because the body is going to tighten that down. It depends on how much scar tissue the body lays down. Um, I generally um, work with Um, all the scar tissue I know of in the dog, including past spay neuter incisions, because they can really mess up meridians. It can really mess up how the chi flows, how the information flows in the nervous system. Um, It's a big deal. And I don't think that people associate scar tissue with pain and body, right? No, 
No, it's pretty much just dismissed, right? I mean, we when I tell people surgery is a trauma, they almost like take a few seconds to even like comprehend. It is. It's a full-on trauma that then has to be handled afterwards too. It may be required, but it may not, but it's a trauma in itself. And yes, how much scar tissue is laid down depends on each body and how disruptive it is, is each body, but it usually is disruptive. Mm, 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 mm. Well, Erin um, is saying that she feels that the quality of life of this dog is really going to go downhill unless something, you know, happens. So if, if, have you seen success with dogs that have had scar tissue and then you start doing these different things to be able to get back to semi-normal? Uh, what I would tell her is most likely we'll get this dog feeling better. How much? I don't know. Right. In a chiropractic format. And with the mast cells on whatever you want to do with that or not do that, you, she might, she probably should avoid massage because we don't want that to spread it around. Um, with any kind of cancer or such, you generally don't want to do massage. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You can do acupuncture and chiropractic. Yeah. So, so talk but, to me a little bit about this. So a dog has cancer. Thought the theory, the thought, the theory is that the massage, the rubbing will spread it around. Okay. Now, depending on what cancer, what's the time frame you have with your animal, have a conversation. Do you want that animal comfortable or not? I, I, I mean, every situation is different, um, but that that's general rule of thumb with massage and cancer. It's not the same with chiropractic and acupuncture. I don't know why. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, that is, uh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate that, and I really didn't go into um, five. Five. <laughs> and that also means the dog's been put under, right? Unless mm -hmm. proven otherwise, five times. So now we have liver congestion. We probably have a awful, um, leaky gut we've got. So that this dog is thoroughly inflamed. We have fascia, we have scar tissue. We have a lot of stuff that's going on with this poor little guy. And unfortunately it's a pug and they're just difficult. They're just not that well. And they're just that they're just a little more difficult. Mm, 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 mm. So yes, she said that, um, the, um, deep uh, scar tissues in her abdomen and her intestines um, are very concerning to her that, that she had this lump removed from the center of the rib cage. Uh, mm -hmm. It was three months ago, but now the abdomen is very hard and lumpy. She has loose stools, chronic upset stomach um, <laughs> that she's had for a, a while. She's, she's doing the leaky gut and some different supplements um, but anyway, I, I'm going to send this over to Erin and see if maybe she can do a consult with you and, um, see what they can get done. Oh, mm -hmm. our heart yeah. goes out to these little guys yeah. that have these issues. All right. So Dr. Andy, in your last email, you sent out this email that you talked about sundowners, sundowners. What happens when the sun goes down? <laughs> what happens when the sun goes down? And I really had never even thought about this or heard about this in regards to our canines. 
Um, so what is a sundowner syndrome in our dogs? It's the same as in people and not everybody's even heard it in people, but there is something that affects the circadian rhythm and the brain in people. And they get a little more off center once the sun goes down. Well, the same thing does happen with our dogs. Um, and it just depends on the extent of it, um, and what's going on with our animals, but it's, it's in the whole canine cognitive dysfunction umbrella. I'd much rather get people thinking about, okay, I'm seeing some of this. What can I do at home before I rush off to the vet or to this or to that? And, and see if that impacts your animals. See if they're happier, if they're doing better. Um, and, and, and start working with your animal and really getting to know your animal. But yeah, this canine cognitive dysfunction is also going up through the roof, like our Alzheimer's and dementia is going up through the roof. And the, the stuff I'm reading and listening to, it has to do with carbohydrate laden diets for both dogs and people. So the SAD, the standard American diet and kibble fed dogs that, that carbohydrate the, the, the insulin resistance, the, the stickiness of the sugar in the body, let's just go with that, um, is causing a lot of problems. And we are so, so toxic. Well, how did you even, how did you even come to think about the sundowner? Was it through years and years of people, um, reporting it? to me with their own clients. I mean, their own dogs, my clients reporting it about their dogs. Like this is happening at this time. And this is happening more at this time. I'm like, it's sundowners. All right. So give us, give us some ways that we would notice a dog that would be possibly experiencing the sundowner and maybe some of these, except for the compulsive licking, might be happening uh, to our spouse or somebody in our home. I hope it's not compulsive licking. Hopefully uh, not compulsive licking, but I don't know about people. <laughs> but the, it's usually as, as easy, not as easy, but in people, it's agitation. They just get very agitated. Oh, come on, Andy. Everybody's agitated right I know. now. But they get more agitated after the sun goes down. More. And that's, and that's, I don't know if my dog has it, but he has gotten screwier when the sun has gone down. And that's why I keep those terms that loose, right? Like, um, it's just, but it's also winter. So our, we're not getting enough actual sun vitamin D. We're not being, we're not outside as much, right? So is that affecting him? And is that the way he presents himself? And he has presented himself this way since he was a year old. Um, He has been a royal pain since he's a year. Um, And I always say he'd be dead if he didn't live with me because he's, he's kind of a wreck. We just support him and being his best self. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's the best way I put it with him. Um, And so is, is your dog standing in corners a little bit more? Is, are they not willing to maybe share their toy in the evening with the dog, which they would play with happily during the day? Um, are, you know, standing in corners or going outside to go potty and just standing in the middle of the yard. Like that is almost classic, a little dementia going on. Um, and you got to go and usually your dog's 
kind of deaf at this point too. So you got to walk out there in your pajamas and your slippers and tap them on the butt, you know, remind them they're there to go potty. Right. And, Oh, hi. And they're like, what's going on? And they'll phase in and out of it. It's not all the time, which I think is what people are like, what do you do with this? They, they, they only stand in a corner or they only do the yard thing every once in a while, or there's been an uptick because we've had less sun. And then the summer they go back to not having an issue. And that's part of the, what I call the senior dog roller coaster in general. Um, It's up and down, it's in and out. It's what are we going to have today? And I just tell people, don't make it significant. Meet them where they are that day. And how can you support them? If that's educating yourself with Dr. Google, I'm okay with it. Then go ask your vet some questions and then go ask somebody else some questions and, you know, send Didi an email and ask some questions, gather this information for yourself, you know, talk to people that know some stuff. If it's your friend down there, like educate yourself, however you need to do that. Um, And it's not just take your vet at their word, gather information from them. They may have some, they may not. Um, And just get to know your animal. Um, and so Dana was on the podcast last week oh, yeah. um, and she covered for me. And so maybe you need to talk to Dana about finding the right CBD for your animal. That's what we did with Riggs. I have my favorite one. I'm learning even more from Dana about different CBDs and I may contact her myself and maybe find him a different one that really supports him, but it's really helped his mood and he's more stable and we haven't quote unquote, had any incidents. And so that's where we are with him right now. That doesn't mean next week something shifts and change and I need to shift and change with that. Um, But this, I didn't get it in the email and I really should have is the toxic load in your household. Um, Pull all the damn plugins, pull all the Febreze sprays, get rid of the Lysol, change your laundry detergent, get rid of the fabric softener. I'm sorry, your clothes are going to be a little rougher. Get rid of the dryer sheets. Do not clean your floors with the Swiffer liquid. It is intensely toxic. And your pets walk on that with their bare feet. They lick them. But even if they don't, it goes right into their blood system. Um, Clean with vinegar. Like, your, our households are so toxic. And then the, you know, not then, but diet, water, like we've got to get it as clean as possible. And it's hard. It's super hard. EMFs, where's your modem? Is your, and router, is your dog sleeping by the router? Move the dog. Um, the EMFs are through the roof um, and, and on and on and on. Do you, I have those uh, EMF protection uh, little, Mm -hmm. uh, they almost look like a, um, you know, ID tag. I have them on my dogs Mm -hmm. and I have them on my computers and a lot of different things. So I look at that and, and at one time we were going to carry those and and I decided not to, but um, I do have them for my pets. What do you think about those? I, I, this is where I go is like, do, are they working? I don't know. I have to take the company's word for it. I mean, I have some plugins around the house. Um, I don't have the tags on the animals, but I have stuff on my phone. I'm looking at some other, I'm looking at a new company. So yeah, I'm constantly checking in and, and seeing what we can do about it. Yeah. All right. So let's go over a couple of these uh, symptoms, general signs and symptoms of canine 
cognitive dysfunction, CCD. So confusion, restlessness, agitation, uh, repetitive pacing. Okay, I think that's a big one. House soiling, uh, compulsive licking. Okay, like licking the carpet or licking their beds. Mm-hmm. Barking. Common complaint for yeah. clients. Yeah, yeah. Uh, barking or whining for no reason. Um, irritability, forgetfulness. Now this one's big. Uh, waiting by their food dish, even when they've already eaten, or like you said, getting lost in the house or the yard. Um, you know, Asta will do that right now. Now, partially, I don't know if it's because, you know, she's, she's painful, right. When she walks, but a lot of times Mm -hmm. she does seem like she just gets stuck, right. I'm just standing there and I'm stuck Mm -hmm. and I'm looking around. So we do these hand signals and then Mm she begins to move again. We're like, come on, come on, come on, you know, but, um, so I do see some of these in her where she does lick her bed. Um, but again, I think she's partially licking her paws, Dr. Andy, because of that, you know, back and we come over there and get, uh, adjusted as well, Mm -hmm. but she's still doing really well. I mean, she's still, uh, dancing for her food and dancing for her treats. Uh, she's not soiling in the house. She's not going bathroom in the house and she still has good poops, good, good, um, you know, um, uh, appetite, all of that jazz. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think she's doing, doing well, but what are the, some of the things if, if our pet parents have noticed this type of personality or behavior issues, right. Uh, especially in the evenings, what would you say uh, other than, you know, getting some of those toxins out of your home, but what are some of the food items that you would recommend that they do? They can eat brains. Eat brains. I wish we still had brains, man. I would wish you had brains too. So the closest I do is I do the duck heads because the yeah. brains are still in there. Right. Well, you and, got some brains in the sardines, but tiny, tiny, yes. tiny, tiny little yes. brains. Well, and my little dog, he can't even do the big duck heads. So we do the sardines. Like we you do could the, cut those duck heads up. You know that? I could, but I don't know if I love them that much. Like, <laughs> come on, TD. <laughs> I know, I know. You just have to do it. I know. Oh, but those pork brains were amazing. They were amazing. And uh, thank you to the 130 processing plants that have now gone up in smoke. It's no conspiracy theory. Mm. I mean, come on, people. Processing plants, 130 of them catching on fire. What the, what the raw? I don't mm-hmm. get it. Uh. Who knows? I don't think I mean, we'll ever come know. on, come on. You got it. You got to know that something is up with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I interrupted you, but brains were very good. But here's the other thing, you know, we used to have uh brain food that we could get from okay. Leaf Rover. Can't get that anymore. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. I think we could go with the nootrophics, right? We could go with the mushrooms. Yep. Um, and what is it? Lion's mane? Lion's mane for the brain? Well, I always we, have to look these up. Yeah, we, I mean, all the and they tur- all help the immune system. Yeah, so we have the chaga, we have the turkey tail, mm-hmm. and then we have the immunity, which now has changed the name to seven shrooms because right. there are seven different mushrooms yes. in there. So I would probably go yeah. with that one. Yeah, uh, I would do them all. I'd like, I, mm-hmm. I think yeah, mushrooms- I do them all and right. rotate through. Yeah, rotate, rotate, rotate. Right, right. Yeah. So the mushrooms will help melatonin. Dogs can have melatonin. 
easy peasy to get in them, especially if you're having a dog that's not sleeping through the night. And some people that ends up being an actual big complaint that the whole 24 hour, I didn't go into this in the email, the whole 24 hour clock kind of gets switched and they want to be up all night and sleep all day. Wow. So that might be why you don't let your senior dog sleep all day too. like get them up, get them moving. Even if it's just to a different bed in the house or out to go get the mail and back. Um, if that's all they can move because of movement issues, get them out, walk around the yard with them, get them to the mailbox. The more they can sniff, the more they actually use their nose. And so many clients come to me later in life with their dogs and, oh, their nose doesn't work anymore. Well, they actually it does. And maybe it's diminished, maybe not. I don't know how we even tell that, but you actually need to activate it, get it outside because when they are using their nose, they're activating both sides of the brain. And that neurology is activated all the way down to their rear end. So you want to keep their nose moving is that, and I give a lot of people homework, drop a handful of really nice cookies on the floor and let them find them, you know, make a game out of it. Super easy every day. Um, don't point them out. Our animals are so lazy. (laughs) we've made them so lazy. We have made them neurotic and lazy here. It's right here, here. It's right here. Have them search it out. Have them use that nose once a day. You know, maybe that's their midday snack. If they need one, do that game. And some people play hide it every day. Great. Do that, you know, roll up treats in a towel, have them sniff it out, get them out of the the towel every day, get them out to the mailbox, get them sniffing. I know these are not walks anymore. They're more like sniffs because you're seeing your dogs moving that slow. Still do it. We do that with Asta every time we we leave, right? Because she doesn't necessarily want to go all the time and get in the truck or go down to the warehouse all the time. Now she still goes with us a lot, but- when we do leave and we're going to leave for, you know, long periods, four or five hours, Rick always takes the treats, the air dried, pure, clean treats that we Single have on ingredient. the website. That's yes. right. And we, and, and he hides them around the house. He hides them around the house and, and says, okay, go find them. And we walk out the door. And so she does that. Right. And she still likes to go outside and sniff around. I mean, she. I I contend that Asta still has one of the best noses around. She, you can tell when she knows because you guys have played that game. Yeah, that probably contributed immensely to her still having all of having that faculty and really still utilizing it. When we go outside, um, you know, at night or whatever, you, you know, she lifts that nose up. You can tell she knows there's either a deer or an elk. God forbid a mountain lion, whatever's out there, she knows it's there, right? And uh, sometimes before Lazi does, she's pointing it out, showing us that there is something outside, and so she's got a great nose. Uh, so that's that's awesome. One of the other things that you have in here is that you do talk about the CBD, which is great. There's a lot of crappy CBD on the market. Please, if you know when something um blows up in the market right (laughs) there's always crap that gets out there because people are like hey we're gonna get on the bandwagon and we're gonna make this stuff and we don't really care if it's good or not we're just gonna put it out there we've seen the same thing with the advent of you know these hpp 
um, supposedly quote unquote raw diets, right? So when raw came about, Dr. Andy, it had nothing to do with let's get rid of the bacteria. Let's put all these, you know, supplements in it. Let's put all these veggies in it. No, you know what it was? It was, we're going to, um, we had bunnies in a bag back in the day, bunnies <laughs> in a bag. And that, you know, people, you know, so they would throw those out there to their dogs. Now that, you know, people got really freaked out about that. And as people get freaked out, you sort of have to pull back, right? So now we have the rabbit and the tripe. So the rabbit's head's in there sometimes. As Brian would say, you're going to find the the prize, which is the eyeball. But uh, it's just not that way anymore. Uh, very few people are feeding the way that it was. However, we are still congruent with Mother Nature here at Raw Dog Food and Company, right? right? We're not absolutely. We're not making up some crazy diet, you know, that the wolves and and uh, and livestock out in the world would be waiting for. Yeah, cook my food, take mm-hmm. the bacteria out, please. I'm worried about it. Did I? Did we talk about this? I don't think we did. So I got an email um, from uh, someone who who said, I don't think this is true, but I want to run it by you. My dog is pregnant and my um, reproductive veterinarian expert said that I should not feed a raw diet to my pregnant bitch because the bacteria will get into the fetal brain and cause my puppies to die. <sighs> Well, um, the first half of that sentence, I've heard a lot. Do not feed pregnant bitches a raw diet. Right. The second half of that is fascinating. At least stupid. Um, oh, okay. I did hear this. And this is not correlated to that because that doesn't happen. But what fetuses are to the body, like a pregnant bitch, if they are eating toxic food kibble. They are super toxic from previous over-vaccination. They do all of the chemical stuff to keep all the bugs away, right? Whatever that is. The body will put all of those toxins into the fetuses because they are seen as outside the body. So this is why I said in that email, generations of. People get so single- tunnel vision on their dog. Well, I didn't do X, Y, Z with them. I go, yeah, but the last 10 generations did. And it just keeps getting um, put into the fetus and into the next generation and into the next generation. That's why we have such sick animals. And, And we're doing our best with our raw, right? Like I say, we're supporting Riggs and being his best self. He is a disaster from generations back. Like, I know he is, and I am supporting him in his best self. And that's what we have to do a lot of times because so much damage has been done previously. But no, that bacteria <laughs> is not going to go into the fetus's brain, people. That is going to be digested. It's going to be incorporated into the microbiome. It's actually going to make a stronger microbiome. It's actually going to provide nutrients to these fetuses. It's just so crazy. Well, I think about this, Dr. Andy, how do any of the foxes or any of those mountain lions or... That's too logical. 
Now how stop do they, it. How stop do they re- it. How do they reproduce? <laughs> stop it. That's logical. Yeah. And I, so they scare them to death. Just like when they talk about, mm-hmm. okay, well, your your dog has cancer. Therefore, you need to go on this crappy sphincter kibble uh, Purina Pro Plan crap that gets recalled because, you know, raw would cause bacteria and yeah. we can't yeah. have bacteria on a it, cancer. It, it, what? Yes. Because their immune system is depleted because, well, yeah, A, because the drugs you're giving them. And now you've just depleted their nutrition too. Wonderful. Good job. See yeah. how that goes. I don't get mm-hmm. that. But again, the narrative is strong. I doubt we'll ever get a an email like the one that just came out that said, Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go forward with this cardiomyopathy anymore because we don't have enough research. Oh, but you blew out a bunch of parents, you know, you you, you beat them up and said, Oh my gosh, your your dog has cardiomyopathy. And do you know, it, it, here's what's funny about that, Dr. Andy. They never, ever really had any evidence, any real research no. to support that. But how how in the world did cardiomyopathy how? just fly off of the charts at that time? Well, you may know more. I, my knowing is there was one little study. From Tufts University. Yeah. And this, and this, the the gal that ran the study already worked for Hills. Oh, yeah. um, and it was what sixteen golden retrievers. I mean, like this, it, it, it was such a ridiculous study, and how these big companies glommed onto it and just exploded it was it's actually amazingly diabolical, amazingly diabolical. So the question is, how many times? Do vets get it wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. That's an easy answer. But anyway, but how many times are they getting it wrong from information that they have been fed that has no real research, no real backup to it, mm-hmm. right? So this whole raw thing, right? You you are not going to see, you are not going to see anyone from higher ups, from the veterinary clinics, any of those Supporting the raw diet. They're not going to do it. It is not in their financial interest. It's so, not in their financial interest. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I think that anytime that these vets want to comment on raw, you listen to what they say, but I, you've got to learn to ask the questions back. Mm-hmm. All right. What, what, patients specifically what was the diet how many vaccines did they have how many pharmaceuticals were in their body were they feeding crappy treats what kind of what i mean i guarantee if you ask that question of a vet they would say well i'm not really sure and 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 so they need to be sure in that um repro vet where's that study can i see it i i asked that of that no i mean like that's what pet parents need to start doing no, I said that. Where's to the where's yeah? Where's that study? Can I see it? Right. Do Do you know we've been saying that for years, Doctor Andy? And to date, we've never okay. seen that study. There's not going to be. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do the study? Us raw feeders. You, as a raw dog food and company, don't have the money to run a study like that. And Hills Perina. Um, Smuckers, Nestle, whoever don't want to, how would that benefit them? 
No, because milk bones, they're staple. Exactly. They don't <laughs> want to. They have the money, but they don't want to. So there's not going to be. So where are the, the vets are just taking, they, it, it's just rumorville, essentially. Hills probably tells them something when they come in to sell their next greatest, bestest food without any protein in it or whatever the bullshit they got. But it's just, it's just the, what we spew out because we've heard it. And I've been guilty of it here and there. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me look that up. Right. And that's where our veterinarians are not doing. They're not going as a whole to go educate themselves. Well, and the, and the thing about it is, you know, we get this all the time. If, if a dog is, is ill or it's got diarrhea or whatever, and, and somebody will email and say, Hey, our vet wants to know if there's been a recall on beef, beef, beef with salmonella. Well, first of all, beef is probably not going to have salmonella. It might have E. coli. Right. So those two right there didn't go together. And then it's like, you know, I've said there are a hundred strains and Neely corrected me the other day. She goes, Dee, there are 1200 strains of salmonella. Right. Dee, come on. Come on, snap out of it. I have my, but zero. how many are pathogenic? She said and less that's... than 10. Yeah. Yes. And that's the next step that, you know, is never discussed, right? Right, right, right. And so, um, and and you know, I've asked that question. I've asked that question uh, from Amanda, our daughter. I said, "Do you guys actually know the benchmarks and the strains?" And she's like, "Well, it costs a lot of money to do that, right? And pet parents don't typically want to run those." And mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, "Well, shouldn't there be like a benchmark? Shouldn't there be like some proof? Wouldn't that help?" I don't think that we want a lot of proof in the world today. At least we need to move away from the narrative. <laughs> At least that's the way it seems to me. Yeah, well, the narrative is proof currently. And it's up to us. It's up to pet parents to be educated and educate our vets. It actually has to go the other way. And we have to do more of it. Right. And we have to jo- stop just how many pet parents tell you that as they're leaving, they don't want the medication that they're getting. They're not going to give it to their pet, but they buy it anyway. Because they and don't then wanna... not use it because they don't want to upset their vet. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had a, a vet holding a client's records hostage. She wanted her results from her titers. They would not give it to her until she picked another vet in their office and made an appointment. Oh, I don't want to get them mad at me by pushing anymore. I'm like. Wow. This is where, you know, the pet parents have to stand up and, and let their vets know that they're educated and this is what they want and this is how it's going to go. And hopefully find that veterinarian that's willing to work with them. You do need it. You need a team. So let me get this straight. She got titers. Uh Uh-huh. At the clinic. Okay. Uh-huh. And they, they were holding them hostage because uh-huh. the vet that she was seeing was going to the rehab side and she needed to pick another um, regular veterinarian in their office and make an appointment and come in before they would tell her the results. Well, what if she picked a vet outside of their clinic? She worked well, she worked around it. She got them, but that's she, that's insane. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. 
You know, I really do encourage if you guys can get your hands on whatever state you're in, whatever state you're in, get your guidelines, your veterinarian guidelines and read them. Mm-hmm. Read every every professional in every state has a practice act that they have to work within and you can get a hold of that and you can read all that and what is expected of them and 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 you can educate yourself you can know that yeah Mm -hmm. that's what we looked at you know when we were looking at why are these clinics demanding that um you be vaccinated before you can come in but the dogs be vaccinated before they come in for a spay neuter um all of this. And that really is a decision that the clinic makes. It is not a state decision. It's not like the pet police are standing outside. It is It is a clinic's decision. It's a policy right? within that clinic is what that is. That's right. all that is. Right. So I don't know. We're, we're tossing around some thoughts on clinics and uh, we'll get back to you when we have more information to share. But anyway, well, Dr. Andy, thanks so much for coming today. Remember that Dr. Andy always has her lives over at YouTube, uh, and that's 6 p.m. Mountain Time. That is Dr. Andy's World, A-N-D-I, Dr. Andy's World, (laughs) (laughs) over at YouTube. You can bring your questions and um, ask uh, Dr. Andy. Also remember, Dr. Andy can help you whether your dog has these myofascial uh, issues, whether there's some sort of an issue in movement or personality, or you want to get a proper pet uh, nutrition consultation. You can do that over animalmagiccare.com, Animal Magic care.com. Dr. Andy can help you. As I always say with all of my experts, your first step in the right direction is to get a second opinion. Okay. Get your second opinion. Now here's my opinion. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. Okay. Get them off the kibble, get them off the crap, get them off the processed treats. We're not going to support milk bone from smuckers. No, Mm -mm. no, no, Mm -mm. we're not. Tell all your friends out there that Purina Pro Plan is not the way to go. Get them over here to listen to the Raw Dog Food Truth. Get them on a species-appropriate diet right here at rawdogfoodandco.com because your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed gibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye, Dr. Andy. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.